The second people like me start to talk about employer brand, most people reach for their wallets and pray to God that we're going to be done soon. Right? Employer brand is never the cheapest thing on the list. It's always the expensive thing. It's always the insanely pricey thing. It's the nice to have. It's the, oh, one day when it rains diamonds and we have all the money we ever need, we'll go ahead and do that employer brand thing. And all the time, the recruiters or talent acquisition leaders go, you know what? We should get to this employer brand. Your boss goes, we'll put together a plan. And you say, okay. And you put together the plan. And they go, wow, that's a lot of money. And then that's the end of that conversation, isn't it? Well, I'm going to show you how you can pay for your employer brand, how any company can invest in employer brand, not in a big slush fund kind of way, not in a you have pictures of the CEO and therefore they are obligated to, to fund whatever crazy projects what you have kind of way, but more in a this is the strategic way to think about how to fund a proper employer brand initiative. And when I say initiative, I don't mean just that one-off project. I mean truly investing in employer brand the right way. Yes, every company can do it. Yes, every company should do it. And yes, I'm going to tell you how to do it. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand and recruiting podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis. Thanks so much for listening. If this is your first time for joining in, we do things a little differently. We try and do deep dives. There's not a lot of interviews here. There's not a lot of news here. This is about how do we get smarter and better? And that means how do I get you smarter and better? How do I get you to think about these problems at a deeper level so that you can solve them and look like a genius to your boss? If this isn't the first time you've been here, thanks so much for returning. Feel free to share with your friends, your coworkers, your boss. I don't know. Uh, We really do appreciate that. All right, let's get into it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. So, housekeeping, housekeeping. I'm going (laughs) to, in two weeks, I'm going to be in London for Wreckfest, which has been alternatively described to me as either Glastonbury for recruiters or sometimes uh, Lollapalooza or Coachella for recruiters. I'm not sure what I'm in for. I'm a little terrified. I know that I will be surrounded by actual, legit, smart people. It's going to be fantastic. I hope I don't melt. Um, it's somehow warmer in France than it is here in Chicago in the States. It's, I don't understand that. But anyway, by like by, by 20 degrees, it's, it's insanely warm. So I'm terrified to go out there. Uh, and I, I have no idea what to expect, but I am also looking forward to this event. So it's going to be a huge deal. Anyway, after that, uh, what else I got going on, kids? I'm going to be traveling, you know, for the work thing, but I know I'm doing HireConf in New York in, I think that's in October? I don't remember. Um, uh, there's another thing, a, a RecruitCon, and there's something else. I don't know. I will figure out a way to put things in show notes. Anyway, if you have a question or if you want to keep a hold of me, obviously you go to thetalentcast.com or you can, you know, find me on Twitter at the War for Talent. Uh, so let's get into it. So employer brand. Now, yes, the joke is, and, I, and I've, I've done this presentation a couple times now when I talk about what I did at Groupon and, and my experience at Groupon and how much fun it can be building an employer brand for what seems like peanuts. In my case, I spent $400 that first year. That's a separate conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm telling that whole story in um, Minneapolis in September, I think, September maybe? Yeah, whatever. Come find me. Anyway, but the, the trick is whenever people talk about employer brand, they just think about this huge cash – sack of money. I mean, I like like think of a, a sack of cash, like a cartoon dollar sign on the, on the side of it. Maybe wherever you are, it's some sort of euro pound symbol. I don't know who you are. Um, 
Right, it's just it's a sack of cash. And I even do the litany of, okay, here's what a ATS, not an ATS, but here's what a CRM costs, and here's what a website costs, and here's what social media costs, here's what video costs, and here's what this costs. And, you know, you know it adds up to the point where everybody's like, oh, my God. Um, my favorite one, of course, is the swag line because everybody knows an employer brand needs some swag, right? I mean, how can you tell you even bothered with a damn employer, project, employer brand project if you don't have some darn swag? If there's not a T-shirt and a tote bag, people will throw away pretty quick. How can you know? You got to have the swag. And of course, the joke is uh, most people have no idea how much they pay for swag. Most people, if uh, have never, most companies have never actually put together all the individual swag purchases across the company and department and seen how insane that number is. It is an insane number. Anywho, but that's not what that is. The trick with employer brand is being smart. If you if you tried to say we're going to do employer brand and we're going to do it right, you know, you got we're going to do it right. We're going to do it the right way. And I have no idea what that means, but I hear it a lot. So I'm like, okay, yeah, do it the right way. Um, I think it's kind of like saying, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to build a house, but or I'm going to start a restaurant, and this time I'm going to do it the right way, i.e., having enough capital to actually pay for the darn thing, right? That's not really what we're talking about here. You want to do it the right way, great. At no point does doing it the right way require a below-the-line capital expense. At no point do you need to go hat in hand to your CEO and say, please, sir or madam, can I have a big old check, like a lottery check, one of those big four-feet-wide cartoon checks? I mean, it doesn't require that. It really, really doesn't. And if there's one thing I hope you've taken away from what we're doing here is that while you can spend a lot of money, and in some cases, there's a lot of value in spending a lot of money, especially big companies, especially sprawling companies. It's not saying money is bad. I love money. I just don't want to spend it unless I know it's going to have real value. I like to put it in my pocket rather than give it to someone else. Uh, so if I'm going to give it to someone, it better have real return. It better have real power. It better actually make something happen. Okay. So if I spend a dime, and if it's a dime or a hundred thousand dollars, I have. I am certain that that thing is like a lottery ticket waiting to pay out, right? That's my philosophy. That is true on every single level when it comes to employer brands. So when I spend no money, it's not because I don't have money. It's because I don't want to spend money. There's no value in it. There's also this other thing that happens here when you don't spend money is that when you don't spend money, people tend to ignore you. And when you're talking about employer brand because it's a relatively new concept, because a lot of recruiters are skeptical still, I don't understand why, but whatever. But people look at you and go, I don't know what the heck he's doing or what the heck she's doing, but you know, they're not spending a lot of money. So I'm just going to not worry about it. I got a million other plates to spin. I'm not going to go put my nose in their business. And when you don't spend money or you keep your budget so low, you, you float and fly under the radar. And we'll talk about that in a second. So let's talk about paying for employer brands. So if I'm going to spend money, it better matter. So that means let's start small. Instead of saying, let's, gonna, let's do it right, which of course means let's pull out the spreadsheet, let's pull out the Excel document, let's write a three to five year plan on what you're going to spend every single year, year over year. You're going to start with a massive capital investment. Gosh, we'll give you a nice chunk of change. We'll give you $100,000. Uh, six figures is always fun. And for that, you're going to make a website and some videos maybe you might have enough left over to encourage people to share things on social media. And then you're going to say, okay, year two, okay, uh, we're going to put our big investment of the website on the first year, so we don't have to put it in the second year. And we probably don't have to make as many videos the second year. So the second year is $50,000. And the year after that is $50,000. The year after that, we'll give you a bump. We'll give you to seventy-five, dollars And the fifth year, we'll make it seventy-five as well. That's how you're going to spend your money. Well, you know, quick math says that that's $350,000, which is a sh- Oh, a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Um, 
I don't want to spend that much money unless I absolutely have to, unless I absolutely need to, unless I absolutely see the value in it. I'm going to tell you right now that if you get serious today about your employer brand and you think it through properly, you can fund it today with whatever you have in your pocket right now. And I don't mean that hypothetically. I don't mean, you know, whatever's sitting in your budget right now. I mean, literally, what is in your pockets right now? Um, whatever the the the... the the credit card your company allows you to have, just that's really the most amount you will need to spend in the first to, to kind of pay for this employer brand. So here's the bigger strategy. And I think, and you know me, right? <laughs> if you listen to a couple episodes, it's all about strategy, it's all about concepts, right? And we'll break it down into how it works. The strategy is if you walk up to a leader and say, I would like a hundred thousand dollars to build an employer brand because you know that's what it costs. The leader is going to ask you, what's it going to cost? Or what's it going to, what's the value to me? And they're going to make you try and justify how that works. And it's very hard to justify a huge pile of cash like that because you don't quite have the track record, right? This is especially true if you're a recruiter trying to extend your skill set into a new area like employer brand, or you're a marketer who's decided that the fun new space is employer brand. By the way, you're right. That's not what we're talking about. You, you don't have a lot of experience. If you haven't done an employer brand someplace else and you haven't built it out of nothing and, 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 and shown it and justified it, you're coming in with a clean slate on both sides, right? The company doesn't know what it is and company doesn't know that you know what it is. So consequently, if you ask for $100,000, they're going to go over you with a fine-tooth comb. They're going to ask, why are you spending that? Why are, and the questions will get insane. Not only why are you spending that, where are you spending it? Why that vendor? Why that, why that structure? Why that process? Why in that order? Everything you do will be subject to scrutiny the likes of which, well, I, got, I was going to say uh, presidential candidates are scrutinized by, but that seems to have gone out the window these days. Or maybe justice, uh, judicial judges, and then even that's gone out, out the door. I don't know. You're going to be scrutinized. You're going to be scrutinized. Um, you know what? I got nothing. I, you, congratulations. We've reached the, la- the lack of metaphor here, or simile, I guess, in this case. Um, anything I came to mind is not particularly work safe, and uh, you're just going to get scrutinized. When you ask for that much money, you are going to have to justify it. You're going to have to report on it. You're going to have to say, week by week, I spent this money here. This is why I did it. This is what I did it for. This was the outcome. They're going to want to know, if you drop a website, that day two, it gets 100,000 visits. Justify the cost. Boom, boom, boom. And that is no way to live. That's a great way to live if you know exactly what you're doing and you've done it five times before. You walk in the door and you go, here's the, here's the playbook. Here's the list. We go, bam, bam, bam. This is what it does. This is how it builds. Don't worry. I've got experience at other companies doing this, some bigger than yours, some more famous than yours. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. That's a good way to kind of keep people off your back. But if you don't have that, and chances are you don't, you got to go the other way you got to figure out how to pay for your employer brand with whatever's sitting around. Now, if you understand that employer brand is a function of two concepts, that is the clarity of a message and the reach of that message, and you understand the way you create clarity and reach, or the, let's start with the clarity side, the way you create clarity of message is to create harmony and alignment of message. If you have, if you look at a candidate journey and let's pretend, let's keep it real simple because this is a podcast and I have no visual aids to give you, there's five steps along the way. There's the job board, there's the career site, there's the Glassdoor, there's the Google, and there's the LinkedIn, and then of course they go back to the job the job, uh, the career site to apply. So there's six stages. But let's say there's five of those stages. Every candidate will go through those journeys. Now, if they see 
different messages on each one. And when I say different messages, I mean not different words, but different intentions and different ideas. If the job says you're going to be given all the freedom you want to do amazing stuff and the career site says we're here because we support one another and you go to Glassdoor and it says, look, this is a cutthroat organization and you go to LinkedIn and the friend you find or the friend of a friend you find to take to coffee, they say, yeah, you know, it's funny. They really don't care about your, your work-life balance. What they care is you hit your numbers regardless of what happens. And you go to Google and it says, you know what, they don't invest in people and they don't really uh, invest in their space. But if you like it, if this is the sort of work you do, they will give you a chance to be seen by other companies and be seen by other people. And they do actually uh, promote you a little bit, you know, to be a seen as, a, as, a, as, an expertise, as an expert, right? That's five different stops and you have literally been given five different messages. And not only five different messages, five competing messages. Now, you're a candidate and you don't know anything about this darn company because you're coming in cold because there's too many companies for you to know anything about. So you just happen to not know anything about this particular company because that's pretty standard. That's statistically average. You're going, okay, great. The job board says you're going to give me all this freedom, but... Now it's, now it's not collaborative, it's, or it's, it, and the job site says it's very collaborative and supportive, but the glass door says it's cutthroat. What the hell is this company? Just those are the first three stops. You have three very divergent messages. Now, the candidate will look at those three channels, and the channels will dictate the terms of the content, meaning if the, web, if the, the jobs board says it's all about freedom and opportunity, and you can get all the runway you want to do great work, but the person says it's cutthroat and you'll never get a chance to do good work. One is a marketing document and one is word of mouth. And now you all know if the commercial says that the Buick is slick and glitzy, but your friend says it rides like a truck, what do you believe? It be you believe your friend. It's simple that. Word of mouth, word of mouth is just simply more powerful than most marketing. So consequently, you've just messed up your message because in the journey of these five steps, you've given people different messages that compete, that don't, they're not congruent in any way, they don't create alignment, and they go, I don't understand this company. Either I don't understand the company or I think I'm being lied to from the marketing side or the corporate side because all the word of mouth seems to discount or shift what I'm being told from central sites. Now, what is a candidate meant to think other than this company has no idea what they're doing, they're lying to me, or they simply have... You know, they have no sense of who they are. Any of those things either pushes candidates away or creates uncertainty, which of course, as we've talked about, kills the opportunity. As soon as the candidate goes, I don't know what the hell I'm about to apply for or what I'm going to be in for, they're walking away. This is not the recession. People have lots of choices of where they can apply. Assume if the second they have uncertainty, they walk out the door. Right? We've talked about this. Your job is to create certainty. Another way of calling that certainty or another way of creating that certainty is creating clarity. Another might, way might be to call it harmony. So if you have all these, these five stops, and of course in the real world there's a lot more stops, but we're keeping it simple for a podcast. If you know these are the stops in the journey, you might say, first off, you have to understand what the heck is the company all about? What are you really trying to tell them? And let's pretend, for sake of argument, for sake of podcast, we're going to say this is a place where people have a lot of opportunity. Great, great opportunity. Uh, you, you have a lot of um, empowerment. You have a lot of freedom to do great work. Great. That sounds fantastic. I want to apply. Just kidding. Hold on. So the job posting job board says this is a place where the culture is like this we're all about giving everybody lots of space talk about whether you're collaborative in that way or you're competitive that way or you're simply open-ended meaning you're not really 
integrating very well. You're not talking to a lot of people. You're given, you know, it's kind of like a bunch of lawyers in a law practice where they're all working independently for their own ends, but because collectively they're together, they're focused on the journey, on the journey together. Some law firms are very competitive and they're very backstabby, but some are very kind of like independent agents kind of working on their own behalf, knowing that if they do their own work and they do it right and everybody else does their job, collectively they're going to succeed, right? Three very different models on the concept of empowerment and freedom. Great, you've now set the stage in the job post. They click the job post, they go to the career site, they read the career site. They're gonna, they should be reading things like, what does the freedom enable? Talk about people stepping up to do good work. Talk about employees who got a chance to try something they've never tried before, to fail fast, to experiment, to try new things, to, to, to reach out across the aisle, so to speak, and, in, and talk with other teams and say, how can I take what I'm doing plus what you're doing and make it better? How do we do a two plus two equals 17 kind of thing? That is empowerment. Talk, tell stories about how um, employees went beyond because they pushed themselves. Not, and don't give that sense of the customer screaming at them or their boss would be mad if they weren't. You talk about the freedom to win, the, the freedom to succeed. You're empowered to do amazing work and to push the boundaries. Great. Now the glass door review. Someone says, you know what? They talk about how they're all about empowerment, but there's clearly strict lines about what you're allowed and not allowed to do. Now your response to that needs to not define not, not to reject the claim but to reframe the claim that is to say i mean and this is i told someone this once i said you write job i'm sorry you write glass door responses as if you're trying to prove the poster wrong that is the absolute wrong way to do glass door responses that person felt that way that person feels that way still you're not going to refute them and sh make them and, and prove your point you're not going to win this game and win this point by proving how they're wrong, your job is to simply say, okay, we understand that's your opinion, and we get that, and we understand where that came from. We don't, even if you don't agree, your job is to say, look, we've learned from things, we're trying new things, we know that we're not perfect, and you can frame it in a different way, but don't refute it. Don't try and prove, <laughs> it's not a debate on Glassdoor. You do not win the point. So anyway, the person says, hey, they're very strict. There's a lot more um, structure than the whole freedom thing sounds. Okay, the response is, hey, we're really sorry. You had a bad experience and you're not feeling like you're reaching your full potential. Obviously, everybody tries to, has to reach their full potential in the way they want. Some people need a lot of structure on which to, to reach for the heavens and some people need a lot of room to run. We offer this sort of thing and if that's not your sort of thing, we get it, but we do think that we do offer a lot of freedom and a lot of opportunity for the people who know how to use this sort of thing. You're not really refuting, but you are reframing this process, right? Just changing a few, you know, just a couple of sentences to say, no, you're trying to prove that freedom and opportunity isn't true in this company. We're just trying to say, look, it just wasn't the way you thought it would be. We get that. There you go. Great. Now you can see how you're not repeating or parroting words or phrases. It's not about like on Facebook where they say fail fast uh, or move fast and break things or whatever the heck they say over and over and over again. Like they've been hypnotized into believing the same four uh, uh, sentences, which is a little creepy. Anyway, hey Facebook, how you doing? Um, please don't cancel my account. <laughs> I know you have that power. Let us be clear. I know the power you have over me. No, I will not be investing in Libra. Anyway, 
So that's a side note. Really? In this podcast, a side tangent? Weird. Anyway, so now back to LinkedIn. Look how you've in three, the first three steps, you've not only set the frame about this as a place of empowerment and freedom, you've reinforced it over the next two channels. Now they talk to their candidate. Here's the, not the candidate, their friend or a friend of a friend via LinkedIn. Now see what's happened. Because you've not just made the claim, you've kind of reinforced or maybe even close to proved the the frame, this idea, this concept that you're all about freedom and, and, and empowerment. Notice that when you do this, it forces the candidate who's trying to learn about the company when they're in that coffee conversation to ask different questions. What they're really trying to do is understand. They're not trying to say what, you know, they don't come in cold saying, what's this company all about? And what's it like to work there? Which is the usual question, right? Now they're coming in with, hey, I'm noticing everything about this company is all about freedom and empowerment. Can you talk about how you see that? And how does freedom and empowerment and freedom and empowerment opportunity, how does that manifest in your world? Do you see that? And how do you see it? You have just changed their entire conversation. Whether that person says it's amazing or bad is now almost moot. You have said, this is a place where we love empowerment. You've reinforced this idea that you love empowerment opportunity. Now the question is, in what flavor am I going to see that that, that empowerment and opportunity? You're having a much deeper conversation the whole, tell me what it's like to work there, which is a pretty much a weak, a weak conversation. Um, hold on two seconds. My computer just kind of tried to, I got a new computer. I got to figure this stuff out. Anyway, I'm back. Um, you've changed the conversation. You've set the frame such that you are now defining the structure and topic set of this conversation. That is power. How did you make this magic happen? Well, gosh, let's look backwards. You wrote some words that's free, and you put them in a job posting, that's free. They, those job postings went out to whatever job boards they went into. It's free to you. Somebody else paid for them. What do you care? Great. So far free. Now, let's go to the career site. Well, you already had a career site because you had to have some place to host it. What you did is you wrote some words, that's free, and you put it on the career site, free to you. Somebody else already paid for that. There you go. You've changed it. Then you went and started to work with whoever is building the glass door responses and Honestly, you might have even said, look, can I take over that? That's a pain in the butt job for you. You don't have to do it. Let me do it. Let me work with you so that I can take that task over. They're going to be thrilled to have one less stupid job to do, one that doesn't drive uh, uh, um, value directly to the company. They don't see it anyway, or one that doesn't generate sales, or one that isn't a classic marketing job. They're going to be like, great, take it over. I don't want to do this job. You do. Now you're doing it. Now you have some control over some of this situation. So far, you have literally spent every cent in your pockets, assuming you're naked. You have spent nothing, but you have amazingly started to shift the conversation. You started to change how people view your company. You started to change how people perceive the concept of what it's like to work there. Again, it's free. You're welcome. Okay. That's clarity. That's how you achieve clarity. There's a lot of other ways to achieve clarity. You could spend a lot of money by, um, I don't know, hiring a copywriter, by hiring other people to do that writing for you, by managing a process of redesigning a career site or hiring a career site vendor or hiring a website vendor, and that's a lot of money. Or you can fix what's there for free. Pretty easy stuff. If I can learn basic HTML, you can learn basic HTML. It's really simple stuff. It's really simple stuff. But that's how you make a brand clear. That's how you focus on your clarity. You strengthen your clarity of employer brand. 
Now there's reach. Congratulations, you have a very clear employer brand, but no one's ever heard of it. Okay, job one is done, now to work on job two. Frankly, personally, myself, I like to focus on clarity first before I focus on reach. Because if I fix the reach problem without fixing clarity, I've made my life harder. If I've made a messy employer brand seen by more people, I've now muddied the water for more people. I've made my life a little harder. So I'm gonna focus on clarity first. And so far we've seen it's free. Now, round two, let's focus on reach. Okay, so you have, you've written these job postings and you've written the career site and you've written the Glassdoor responses and maybe in your spare time, what you've done is you've gone from team to team, from hiring manager to hiring manager. You've worked with recruiters. You've just been in the room. You've been a gadfly, hanging out, listening to hear what people's complaints are and what people's concerns are and what people's problems are because you are going to be the person to help, right? Isn't that your job? You're going to be an influencer. You're going to be a helper. You're going to be fantastic. They're going to love to see your shining face because you are helpful. You're not making things harder. You're making things better. Go ask your recruiters how they, if they feel like they're seen that way. <laughs> You are way ahead of most recruiters right now just because most people go, oh, God, the recruiter. You are going to be seen as helpful. You're solving some problems. Okay, let's talk about that. So now that you've been to those rooms, you've been to those conversations, and by the way, all those conversations are free. Fantastic. Now you start to say things like, look, we've defined the employer brand about being centered around the concept of creating opportunity of empowerment the chance for the freedom to do great work the freedom to push yourself the freedom to do amazing stuff does that sound like the company you you work for and you're going to get a lot of nods if you've done your job properly because you've asked people what they think you've done surveys and surveys on google forms or survey monkey are free and you've shared a slide deck or maybe an email or maybe a document and again all that stuff is free and you've done the internal auditing and you've done the internal conversations and you've built a lot of allies and people who get what you're doing. And again, most of that is pretty much free. So, so far your money, your money problems are not really problems yet. And now that you've engaged with these people and you've clarified what that employer brand is and you've seeded that clarity of employer brand across all those channels that you have free access to and good for you, good job, pat on the head, you get a donut, but you're going to pay for it yourself. So that's not free. Now your job is to activate your employees. Your job is to say, look, if we all believe this to be true, I would like you to tell people this. I would like you to write a review on Glassdoor. I would like you to tell your friends. I would like you to refer people. And when you refer people, tell them about these things that we like about our company and the reasons we like to work here. And I would like you to if you to follow us on social media because occasionally I'm gonna write something on LinkedIn about how this is a place about empowerment and opportunity, and I would like you to like it. I don't want you to do much with it. You don't even have to comment on it. And you don't have to share it. Just like it. That's all I'm asking. Uh, your pockets feel any lighter yet? No, they shouldn't because everything I just asked you to do is free. There's like six syllables on that word, right? Free, 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 free. You already have a referral project. Great. I don't care if you buy a, an app for it. I do not care even a little if you've got one of those big old super expensive systems that do referrals. Don't care. Do not care. Your job is not to design it. Your job is to activate it. That's how you start you get more people to leave referrals. You get more people to talk about why they like to work here. All of that stuff is free. Post it on LinkedIn, free. Liking it on LinkedIn, free. Asking people to engage with it, free, 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 free. Right? Free. Now, are you famous yet? Nope. That's okay. That's okay. 
Because what you're going to do, year one of your employer brand, is do it right. You're doing it the right way. You're not slapping cash on this thing and saying, hey, everybody, let's make a commercial. Hey, everybody, let's make a crazy video. Heck, you haven't even gotten to the videos yet, and we're going to in a second, don't you worry, because <clears throat> you got to have a video these days, right? We haven't gone into the crazy money. We haven't bought any tools. We haven't bought any systems. We've simply looked at what's there and figured out how do we actually make this work. Here's the secret in almost all of talent acquisition. You know that joke about how we only use 10% of our brains? Well, that's bullshit. We actually use a lot more, and however they, <clears throat> however they calculated that was totally insane. But I would say it feels like we use only about 20% of the tools we already have in talent acquisition. We just don't use all the cool stuff. We use this easy part or the part we learned first, and we just said we're all so busy we can't learn more, so we just do the thing we do. And so we're overspending on all our tools, so your job is not to spend more tools. More spending is not the answer. The job is to figure out how to leverage the other part of the tool that has been sitting fallow for years more than likely, to leverage it, to tap into it, to teach people how to use it, to get people to engage with it, to sh use it to share, to use it to build, to use it to do whatever the hell that tool does. Just use it. So here we are. You've made clarity and you've extended the reach. Now, albeit you haven't extended the reach of the world, the president doesn't know your name, he's, he's not tweeting about how sad or great you are, whatever it is he's doing today, that jerk. Anyway, um, yeah, that was politics. Enjoy. You knew it. You knew how I felt. Anywho, uh, You've extended the reach, and you've extended to people who are geographically close to you, who are connected to the people who work for you. So you've extended your reach. You may have even doubled or tripled your reach. You don't have to be famous. That's okay, because now what you're going to do is start to spend the cash. And when I say the cash, I mean, here's what I did, and here's what you should do. You should make some videos, which means you should go to Amazon. Hey, Amazon, I don't get any money for this. And you should go buy a microphone that plugs in to your phone. If not your phone, then whoever is around you that has the best phone. If you don't have, if you have a pretty junky phone, and I don't judge, mine is two years old, whatever, um, you go find the person who has the best phone and you make friends with them, which means you buy them a donut. So there's a buck, maybe a buck 50. I don't know how, how much donuts are these days where you are. Um, okay, okay, fine, fine. Call it two. Fine. I think you can figure it out. You're going to use their phone. You're going to buy a decent mic. And when I say decent, I mean do not spend more than $75. This is what I mean. You're going to use the stuff that you can use like rounding errors. You're going to use the corporate credit card just to kind of buy that thing. Do yourself a favor. Tell your boss you're buying an educational tool and don't do this. This is lying and don't be jerk, but I'm just making a joke. Please, 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 lawyers, don't come find me. You tell your boss you're buying an educational material to go learn how to do your job better and that book's going to cost you 50 bucks. And then later you're going to say you need a, bet you need a better um, patent case for your laptop and it's going to cost 50 bucks. And you take some of that money out and you buy the mic for free. <laughs> Don't do that. But you're, I'm telling you, this is how small the numbers are. This is no money at all. And by the way, all you need to make and craft video, decent, solid, useful video, is the mic. Because you already have the computer. You already have the phone or somebody else's phone. You now have the mic. Now all you have to do is shoot some stuff, position yourself well, shoot some stuff outside, maybe somewhere there's some daylight so everybody's really well lit and everybody's attractive, and you put it together using whatever free video editors on your computer. I have a Mac, so it's iMovie. And again, if I can learn it, you can learn it. And you can make yourself a pretty nice, 
honest, authentic video. Is it going to be glossy? Are you going to turn into a commercial? Probably not. But you know who believes commercials? I'm not sure. I think the people who sell commercials believe commercials, or at least they say they believe commercials. Do you believe anything a commercial says? Of course not. You believe word of mouth. You believe what you see. You believe what looks authentic. And most commercials do not look authentic, and they're not even trying hard. They're just trying to hit you over the face with a wiffle bat saying, look at our message, look at our message, look at our product, look at our product. That's no way to live. Don't be that person. So you're going to make some authentic videos. And we should probably have a conversation on how do you explain to your boss why authentic, rougher videos are infinitely better than that super polished, expensive video. But that's for another podcast. Then you're going to take that video and you're going to share it on your website. Again, free. Do you not catch what this is? You just drop it on YouTube and embed it via YouTube. All of these things are free. Then you're going to send an email to leadership and all the people who are in your video saying, hey, thanks so much for being a part of our video. Have you seen the video? You should share this video. And they share the video and that costs you free. And then you tell the recruiters, hey, recruiters, when you're doing outreach, you might want to send them this video, especially if you think it's pertinent to whoever you're trying to reach and whatever story you're trying to tell. And you know what? All here's the YouTube link, or even better, I put that video, I put I embedded it from YouTube, but I put it embedded on one of our pages. So not only do they see the video, then they see three or four paragraphs reinforcing visually via text why this company is all about freedom and opportunity empowerment, right? And then maybe there's a testimonial just because what the hell? And then you say, here's a standalone landing page. At the bottom, it says apply here or click here to learn more about our jobs or see what jobs are open or whatever the hell you think is appropriate. And you say, hey, recruiters, share this with every outreach because it tells a better story. Free. Or to steal a joke from a TV show, free, 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 free. It's all free. It's all free. Except for that $60, $75 mic, it's been free. Every tiny little bit is free. Now, last thing. Ready? Here's where you spend the money. You ready? And I'm looking left and I'm looking right, which is funny because I actually looked right when I said look left. And my brain went, that's funny. And now I have to explain the joke to you. This is this is podcast humor. You don't even know what I'm doing. Here's the where the big spend is. Go get yourself about a hundred bucks. Figure it out. Just ask the boss. The boss has a hundred dollars. Trust me, the boss has the hundred dollars. They have the hundred dollars. And here's what you do. You go ahead and go to Canva, right? Which is Oh, what's free? And you design yourself a little sticker and you slap in either a logo or a hashtag from all the work you're doing, something that kind of gives you a victory lap, so showcases the kind of story you're trying to tell. Just a tiny little thing. You need some graphics and you don't know anything about graphics? Congratulations. Go to thenounproject.com. Go get you some free graphics. Just oodles of graphics. It's great stuff. Slap them together into Canva. Maybe spend a buck. Download the image, go to a sticker company, and there are a legion. I have a favorite. I don't feel the need to advertise them because why would I? Because you can figure it out. You have the Google. Um, go get yourself a couple hundred stickers. I don't know how big your company is. Maybe 50. Who cares? 
go get yourself some stickers. Do yourself a favor. Be cool. Get yourself the die-cut ones or the the clear ones. That's where I would go right now if I had to do it. Um, square or round circles or stickers are boring. Die-cut or crystal clear are kind of cool. Go get yourself some stickers. Then when you get yourself some stickers, go back to your desk and wait for the stickers. But while you're waiting, write yourself a goofy letter. Say thank you. Give Write the goofiest thank you letter you can think. Make jokes talk about how this was a silly project and how all these people who let you take let you borrow their phone and let you take video of them and and shared things and referred people and and responded on glassdoor and and left reviews on glassdoor and all the people who become your allies and friends you just thank them in the goofiest way possible i did it in a way where I was, I called it the super secret club, and I literally wrote them a letter as if they were the goofiest secret agent, and I was the goofiest secret agent manager. And I said, "Thank you so much for this, pro- you know, for being a part of this project. Um, this is completely secret. Do not tell anyone you're a part of the project. Even if you see me in the hall, do not acknowledge this this project." The code message. I'm trying to remember this one. This is pretty funny. The code message is. If I say, or if you say, have you tried the sausage biscuits? My response is, that would make a good band name. And that's how, that, is our, our, that is how we will know each other. Print that in a letter. Sign the letter. I used shapes for my signature. I didn't use a name. I just used squiggles and weird shapes and X's and O's and whatever the heck I thought it would. Fold them up into a letter format, stick them in envelopes, wait for stickers to arrive. When the stickers arrive, open said package, put one sticker in each envelope, and quietly, in the dead of night, or maybe during lunch, I don't know how your office works, it's completely up to you, you drop these letters off at all the wonderful people who have done you a solid. You say thank you in the goofiest way possible, and what you're asking them to do is say, hey, take this sticker, you don't even have to say it, I think they figure it out, they're pretty smart people, right? They work with you, I get it. They're going to take that sticker and they're going to slap it on their cubicle, or their laptop or their phone or their bag or whatever swag they got hanging around on their water bottle and they're going to take it to meetings and someone's going to say hey where'd you get that sticker and they're going to say i can't tell you it's a secret and congratulations you've now created a buzz you've now created rumors what is this thing where is this coming from what's going on and gosh it's not a super expensive project because so far as far as i can tell you spent a whopping 170 dollars you're welcome now I haven't quite answered the question or the premise of this podcast, which is how do you pay for your employer brand? I mean, I have, because if you're real smart, you figured out how I play this little game. You start and you spend the first six to 12 months doing what you can with what you got by being smart, by being clever, by playing your own little game of MacGyver, MacGyver marketing, use whatever's laying about. If you can, if you, if you, just whatever you have, whatever you make, whatever you build, whatever's laying about that you have free and easy access to, you use it. Spend a day and completely audit the candidate journey inside and out, meaning what does the candidate see? And then look internally and say, how do we process candidates? What are all the steps in the ATS? When do they see a phone screen? When do they see an assessment? When do they see an interview? How many interviews do they get? What does the offer letter look like? What does the disposition letters look like? Etc. You map the entire project because you are about to become the smartest mofo in that company when it comes to how you hire. Spoiler, that's the job of an employer brand person. Anywho, you've mapped it. You understand it. You see all the opportunities, all the teeny tiny, teeny, itty bitty ways you are going to make these subtle, small changes, free, textual, video, make some images, take some pictures, borrow that phone, take some great pictures. 
pictures, use the portrait mode, go crazy. I don't know what you do, but you do it and you just do it. And then you take a little victory lap by suddenly seeding the company with all these weird little stickers. I always throw this one in. If you've invented a hashtag to kind of promote this stuff, if you've, you've kind of used a hashtag as a center is what this is, every time I entered a meeting room, I would take the whiteboard, I would take a whiteboard marker and write the hashtag in the corner of the, of the whiteboard. Here's the trick. My handwriting looks like crap and no one, I do not look official in any way, shape or form. It looks like my own tiny weird guerrilla marketing campaign. It looks like a movement from within. People are like, where I keep seeing this thing. And then I start seeing the sticker and then I start noticing these things and congratulations, you are now an influencer. So how do you pay for your employer brand? You do everything you can for free up until the moment that you can't. And that is the moment in which you write up a little report saying all the amazing tiny little things you do. And then you're going to look at your Glassdoor score. And then you're going to look at your ATS. And then you're going to interview some recruiters. And then you're going to do all the stuff you're going to measure. You're going to report. You're going to show off all the impacts you've had. Get the quote from the recruitment leader who says, I have noticed a marked improvement in the quality of candidates showing up. You're going to show your referral rate going up 7%, 7 or 7 points, meaning from 13 to 20%. You're going to talk about the power of referrals and how much cheaper it is to do referrals. You're going to talk about how you don't have to spend as much on ads. You're going to talk about all the amazing impact you have. And at the last page of that report, you have a very small, simple table. And it simply says, next year. And you write down two or three things that you want to do next year and how much they're going to cost. And that's when you ask for the cash. That is when you reach back and say, now that I have proven myself, now that I have made a, a silk purse out of a sow's ear, imagine what I could do with some silk. And that's how you pay for your employer brand. Step one, prove it. Step two, report it. Step three, ask for cash. Step four, don't get all the cash, but get a lot more cash than you had before and use that. And every step of the way, show off what you're doing, buy more stickers, make the movement happen, make everybody align. That is how you pay for an employer brand. Simple as that. That is how any company can pay for their employer brand. Now, most people don't do this because they want to jump to the fun stuff, which is spending other people's money, and I don't. I don't like to do that. I like to go cheap for a bit. Now, maybe your company's different. Maybe your company you know, is regulated and can't use all those tools, and that's fine. The truth is you might not be able to use my little playbook in your company, and that's fine. What you can do is do what you can do. And when you do what you can do, you show off what you just did and talk about how if you had a little more cash, think of all the amazing things you could do. If you had the cash, you could spend money on tools. You could spend the money on data. You could spend the money on reports. You could spend the money on campaigns. You could spend the money on events. Whatever you want to spend the money on, you now have a sense of what this is all about and you don't have to spend an arm and a leg day one. You will eventually have to spend some real money. But the trick is, is that employer brand makes the most sense or your impact of the employer brand makes the most sense when you have the most resources available because you are effectively making changes across the entire company. So your job is to prove that you know what you're doing. And once you know what you're doing and once you've shown people you know what you're doing, they're more than happy to spend some money. If you tell me, and I'm a business owner, I'm a business leader, I'm a hiring or a team leader. You tell me if I give you a buck and you're going to give me five bucks, guess what? I'm going to give you all the money in my pocket. 
If you've shown to me clear ROI, a business's job is to maximize its value. That means if you show that every dollar you spend comes back as five bucks of value, they are going to back the truck up to your house. That you're just gonna hear that beep, beep, and you're gonna look around and go, what is that beep? And you're gonna say, oh my God, it's a truck full of cash and it's coming my way. And it's not coming forward like it's gonna run me over, but it's backing up as if to make a huge delivery into my department, and it is. That is how you pay for your employer brand. That is how you get to the point where you're asking for huge amounts of cash to influence and make make huge swathing changes around the entire company. You prove your point. And I hope that I have proven mine. So with that, I thank you so much for listening as always. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for reviewing. The reviews are fantastic. I do appreciate them. Um, if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, if you have a challenge for me, if you have a, hey, what would happen if, or why, how would you solve this? All of it. I love to hear it. Thank you so much for listening. Send it my way. I'm at LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. That's the War for Talent. You know how to find me. Don't forget to go to thetalentcast.com. It's how you can subscribe to my little newsletter where I let you know, hey, I've got a new podcast and I won't shut up. Um, all that good stuff. So thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week. Bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of The Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. How much do you understand the future of finance. I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.